If you're interested in strengthening your foundation in the Word, join us every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. for First Steps with Pastor Cheeto. Class meets in children's room here at James Rudder. Sign-ups are at the welcome table. Teens, it's time to start making plans for My City 2016 Conference. Join us February 18th through the 20th as we connect with hundreds of youth from Northern California. Great preachers like Carl Lentz, Chad Veach, John Gray, and Havila Cunnington will be speaking. Also, Jesus Culture will be leading worship. The cost is just $75, due February 7th. Singles Awakening in beautiful Lake Tahoe. Every year we've seen God do incredible things in the hearts of singles that attend, and this year we believe we're going to another level. It's going to be on March 3rd, and the cost is just $200, which includes all your meals and room. We're going to have special guest speaker, Pastor Mac Gonzalez from Innovations Church in Stockton. The deadline to sign up is February 18th, so make sure you sign up today. All right. Singles, make sure you sign up. The deadline is early this year uh, because uh, we've got to get our numbers in so that we can reserve all of our spaces. So I want to encourage you to sign up. And if you know anybody, if you have friends, hopefully you have friends if you're single. Amen. If you ain't got no friends and you're sick, man, you, you're, you're, real, you're in some, you need to come to the conference, okay? We'll make some friends. But bring some friends with you, man. I tell you, it's going to be life-changing. I know when we say singles conference, people think it's like, mixers and all like that, trying to hook people up. It is not. It is basically about giving God the opportunity to speak in your season of singleness into your life and just really define and work on you before you get in a relationship. Because uh, there are certain things you need to handle when you're alone because they're very hard to handle when you're in a relationship. Can I get an amen on that? You know, there's things you that God wants to deal with you about with just you. Amen. Without having, how many, how many like when God does it? I like when God deals with me one-on-one -on -one so nobody else has to know about my mess, amen? And God wants to do that, and the season of singleness is about that. And so if you've never uh, gone before, it is, it is one of the most powerful events that we put on here. Uh, it's our fifth year doing it. Pastor Matt Gonzalez from Stockton, he's going to be there again. So uh, I want to challenge you singles to get there, but invite somebody that you, that you know that needs a touch from God in their life, and, um, and make sure you're there for that. Amen. Also, don't forget, next week we are doing our new members class uh, with a light lunch right afterwards, right after service. 
So if you have not signed up yet to be a part and be a member of the house of God here at Elevate Life Church, I want to encourage you to do so. The class takes about 20 minutes. We'll feed you something uh, to hold you over until you can get out to where you want to go. But uh, we want to just take an opportunity to really share the vision with you to get an opportunity for you to meet some of the pastoral team and, um, and just really share with you about what God is doing here. The Bible says those that are planted in the house of God shall flourish. And we've got a lot of Christians out there that don't understand that concept and that principle. And that is pretty much why they're not flourishing, if I can just put it so blunt. Because there is a way to be a Christian. Yes, it's a personal relationship. But Jesus, when he left the earth, he left to send the Holy Spirit to birth the church. And the church is not just organized religion. It's God's system of bringing the kingdom of God into your life. And you can be a Christian without being a part of a church. You just won't grow. You just won't grow. You know, you only go to it. I got real quiet right there. There's some conviction in it. I don't know. But uh, you, it, it, the, the, this environment is needed for a Christian to grow. We'll, we'll share a little bit about that in those classes. And I just want to encourage you to, to plug in and be a part. If not in this house, find some place that you can uh, so that God can do some amazing things in your life. Amen. You guys ready for the word today? All right, let's go ahead and turn to Colossians chapter 1, 19 through 23. I'm praying for a good game, the last game of football until, what is it, the end of August, I believe, preseason starts. So you football lovers, uh, get it in today and believe them for a good game, even though my teams are not in it. Uh, me and my boys and my brother and my dad, we went to uh, Super Bowl City this week, had a great time just taking in all the sights and whatnot. Uh, but those of you that love football, this is it today. So uh, get it all in, eat a bunch of wings and whatever else you do. Amen. Colossians chapter 1, 19 through 23. You can look on the screen there. Let's read. It says, for it pleased the father that in him all the fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of the cross. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Verse 23, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you right now for the power of the word. Let the word go forth, not just as my words, but as the words of heaven. I just thank you for the anointing right now to preach and pull down strongholds. And we just bind up every demonic resistance to the receiving of the word. We pray, Lord, as we praised you, as we've worshipped you, the ground of our hearts is open for the seed of your word. And let it bear, let it bear much fruit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, this week, I'm excited to start a new series and, and about some important things that I believe are really going to be life-changing for you if you grasp it and if you get it. And the title that we're talking about is Missing Pieces. And after 24 years of ministry and walking with the Lord and meeting with people and counseling people and, and preaching all over the world, one of the biggest things that I see that is the problem with the human condition is missing pieces in our life. 
And every single one of us in this room has areas in our life where we're missing pieces. Now, well, you say, what kind of pieces? We're going to get into that in a little bit. But what I want to point out to you today is what we just read about in Colossians, that it is the pleasure, it is the pleasure of God the Father to, to see us begin to, to walk in fullness. I like what it says in 19. It pleases the Father that in Him all fullness should dwell. In other words, no matter what you're missing in your life, whatever, whatever pieces are missing, you can find your fullness in God the Father. And God the Father is not resisting making you full and making you whole. The Bible says it pleases him. Put it to you like this. One translation says it, he gets pleasure from it. Now think about that. What gives me pleasure is like today, watching the Super Bowl is going to give me a lot of pleasure. That's going to be really fun for me. I like football. I like gathering with people that I love. I like eating good food. Come on, somebody. It, it, it gives, we're going to get some pleasure today. Well, you know what God does when he wants to get pleasure? He doesn't go to a football game. He doesn't go to a movie. He doesn't go shopping. Come on, ladies. I didn't leave you out. He looks to see who he can make whole. That's what gives him pleasure. He's on the edge of the throne looking. Can't wait to see who's going to step into their fullness. Verse 20, and by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of the cross. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that can make us whole. Nothing else. Nothing. I don't care how much success you get in your life. It ain't going to happen, baby. There are millionaires out there that are committing suicide. Come on, there are, it ain't your beauty, it ain't your good looks. There are supermodels out there on drugs because they can't sleep at night. All right? I mean, you got, you, it, it ain't success that can fill the missing pieces in your life. It's not money. Come on, it ain't relationships. It's just the opposite. You go into relationships with a bunch of missing pieces and you will drive the person that you're with crazy. Trying to get them to fill your missing pieces. See, this is a problem. But the Bible tells us that by, by Jesus and through the blood, we can be reconciled. We can be made whole. We can see all the pieces of our life put back together. I like I, I, What I take out of that is, is it's always been the plan of the Father that we dwell in fullness, that there be no pieces missing. Look at your neighbor and say, no pieces missing. That's the will of the Father, that no matter whatever you're missing, whatever you've come out of, whatever has taken pieces out of your life, God can restore them back in there. See, Jesus came to restore the missing and broken pieces of our lives that are a result. Now, here's, here's where the missing pieces come from. They're the result of living in a fallen, imperfect world. You see, we've got to remind ourselves, the lives that we live this is not how God intended it to be. God created Adam and Eve in a lush garden. God created them in perfection. There wasn't no missing pieces. And the only thing that Adam needed, come on, God gave him. He said, give him Eve. Ladies, you are the answer to God's only problem in a perfect world. I'm going to let that one just marinate because some of our men don't treat you like that. But that's, that's what the Bible tells us. 
Some of you ladies don't live like that. You live like, you, you know, you're, 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 you're hoping someone will love you. You're hoping you'll find a man. Now, let me tell you something. You're the answer to some man's issues and, issue, and his problems. Why? Because that's what we see Eve was to Adam. Amen? That was a good place for the ladies to just shout me down right there. Yeah, but you missed it. We're going to keep going. See, you can find the missing pieces, and this is what Colossians 1 says. The only place you'll find the missing pieces is if you continue in faith, being steadfast in the gospel that is preached to you. That is why you cannot be casual in your walk with God. In America today, we have a casual Christianity. We go to church, we hear some songs, we hear a message, we go home and do nothing about it. And we just thank God if they're done in an hour. Let me tell you, man, why bother if church is going to be like that? I'm telling you right now, you're never going to get your, the things added to your life that you need with an attitude of a fast food Christianity. It ain't going to happen because Paul said you got to go after it. you got to continue in the faith being steadfast, steadfast in the gospel that is preached to you. You know what that means? That means you got to go after it, baby. That means when you hear a word, you just don't go, oh, that was a good word. You do something about it that week. Let me read to you now that same scripture there. They have it on the screen out of the Message Bible. Now, the Message Bible just kind of breaks it down in everyday language, but I love the way it puts it here. It says, not only that, but all the broken and missing pieces of the universe, people and things, animal and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. You yourselves are a case study of what he does. At one time, you all had your backs turned to God. Come on, somebody. How many can amen that? I know I did. At one time, you all had your backs turned to God, thinking rebellious thoughts of him, giving him trouble every chance you got. But now, by giving himself completely at the cross, actually dying for you, Christ brought you over to God's side. And he put your lives together, whole and holy. And here's the key, in his presence. In his presence. Verse 23, you don't walk away from a gift like that. You stay grounded and steady in the bond of trust, constantly tuned in to the message Careful not to be distracted or diverted. There, are no other there is no other message, just this one. Every creature under heaven gets this same message. I, Paul, am a messenger of this message. Now listen to verse 24. And I want you to know how glad I am that it's me sitting here in this jail cell and not you. There's a lot of suffering to be entered into in this world. The kind of suffering Christ takes on. But I welcome the chance to take my share in the church's part of that suffering. So this whole scripture, let me break this down for you. This scripture says it's so clear. No matter what you're missing in your life, Christ is the answer to fill those missing pieces. It's not in a relationship. Ladies, quit looking for your husband to fill those missing pieces. Husbands, quit looking for your wives to fill those missing pieces. Now, I know earlier I said, ladies, you're an answer to a problem there, but that is a God-placed position. 
I don't mean that you're the answer. To, you're going to solve all his problems. That's called marrying your mother. And no man should marry his mother. Can I get a good strong amen on that? It's a whole other thing right there. We can't look to other people to get our needs met. But yet, but yet, this is how the majority of us live our lives. Looking for other people to fit the missing pieces that are missing in our lives. And this is why many of us set ourselves up for pain, for failure. Because those pieces can't be met by your career. They can't be met by your success. They can't be met by your education. They can't be met by your woman, your man, your, ooh, here's another one, your kids. Quit putting that on your kids. The only person that can meet the missing pieces in your life is Jesus. And Colossians chapter 1 breaks it down so beautifully. And what I love about that scripture is that it finishes with Paul saying, I'm in jail right now, but I'm cool. I'm all right. I, I'm glad. I'm, I want to be here suffering for the cause of Christ. And do you know why he was doing that, why he was saying that? Because he was giving them an example of the fact that Jesus has filled my missing pieces. That even though I'm in a jail cell right now, I'm freer than all of you. Because of the blood, because of what Christ has done for me. And so we're going to look at this real intently over the next couple weeks. And I want to challenge you not to miss this. And I also want to challenge you to take a good magnifying glass look in the mirror at yourself. Because I believe that the Holy Spirit is ordaining this time for, to identify some things in your life that some of you may not even know you need. You just have gone through life. You've learned to, to exist without certain things. And, it, and it's become a part of your makeup. Sometimes we get so used to, you know, having things that are broken that we think it's normal. Amen? Anybody ever had a car that you had to, you know, start a certain way? I did. I had a car. You know, you turn it over once. Wait three. Count to three. One, two, three. Turn it over twice. Count to five. One, two, three, four, five. And then count it over the third time. And that thing would start. It's, that's, that's how it was, man. I had, a, I, had a, uh, I had the first car that my dad got me. You know, it was a good car. It was from our neighbor next door. It was a, uh, uh, not a Nova, but it was along those lines. I can't remember what the name of it was. Um, and, and, you know, there was, a, there was an old Jewish man that lived next door to us. He never used that car because he was, you know, he was up in age and he hadn't used it in a long time. So my dad went over and struck a deal for him. And I was getting ready to go to Bible college, and he goes, Mio, I got you a car. I got all excited until I saw the car. <laughs> but it was a good car. It worked, and, you know, I ran, I'm the one that ran it into the ground. And it reached a point, you know, years later where in order to start it, I had to, I got, I don't know where I figured it out or what, but I had to do that. Turn the key. It wouldn't start. Wait, count to three. Do it again. It wouldn't start. Count to five. Boom. And then it would start up. And that just began to be a normal thing. So people would come right into my car, and I'd just do my, do my thing. Hey, man, what are you doing? Start my car. I wouldn't even think it was nothing weird about it. My friends were like, dude, what? You know, what? what are you doing witchcraft on your car? Is that some kind of? And it would dawn on me that this became so normal. It wasn't right, 
Somebody in their right mind would have said, hey, I got to get my car fixed. But I had just learned how to live with it not working properly. And sometimes some of us live life like that. We do things, we act certain ways that have become normal, but they're not normal. But they're just normal to you because it's all you've known. It's all that works for you, okay? And that's a problem. That's a problem. God wants to fix those things. Because here, here's why it's a problem. You will then begin to pass those things down onto your children. And the pieces that you have missing will be imparted to them. And even though they might have certain pieces, they'll act as if they don't have them. Let me say that again. Even though your kids might have those pieces, they've learned a behavior from somebody who was missing pieces. So now your dysfunction, even though their situation is not like yours, it becomes their dysfunction. And we've got to fix that. So psychologists say, many psychologists say, and there's arguments about this. Uh, I read this in an article a few months back. Psychologists believe that there are anywhere from 9 to 12 emotional needs uh, in every single one of us. And these emotional needs are to be met in, in the home. Why don't you go ahead and put those up right now? In the home. Okay, go ahead and put them all up there, okay? First one being acceptance. Go to the next one. Oh, you don't have them all on a list? Okay. Um, can you put them all? Can you do that right now and get that up there? Okay. Um, let's go through them first. Number one, acceptance. Number two, approval. Number three, encouragement. Number four, security. Number five, affection. Number six, support. Number seven, comfort. Number eight, respect. Number nine, attention. Number 10, appreciation. Number 11, identity. And number 12, correction slash structure. He's going to put those on the screen there because I want you to see them as we're going over, over these things. Now, like I said, most psychologists believe these nine, they, they, they argue whether it's nine or 12. I went ahead and gone with 12 because 12 is the number of government in the Bible. And I believe the home should be a place of government. I also believe that these 12 governing factors in our emotions govern how we live our lives. So I went with 12. But these are emotional needs that I believe every human on the planet has a, has a need for. And these are also 12 things that, are, that God has ordained to be met in our lives through our mothers and fathers and our homes. Now, just on that alone, you can see herein lies the problem. Because many of us, I'll even uh, differ to say the majority of us didn't have a functional home that we grew up in. Many of us had, came from homes of dysfunction where maybe we did have a mom and a dad, but maybe they didn't know how to be a mom and a dad. Maybe we didn't have a dad, or maybe mom had substance issues or whatever it is. Listen, the majority of us in here come from homes where we didn't have it all together. Can I get an amen on that? As great as some of our moms and dads tried to be, maybe they missed it in certain areas. And this is why... Church and messages like this are so important. This is why I said earlier, man, if y'all catch this, 
You know, you can really correct some generational stuff that's been going on in your life that has existed simply because of ignorance. And I say it all the time. I'm challenging this generation all the time. Read books. The only way you're going to change your life is through the people you meet, the books you read, and the books you read, and the messages you hear. Let me say that again. You want to have your life changed? It's going to be through the people you meet, the books you read, or the messages you hear. That's it. When God's looking to change your life, he sends a message. He sends a book. He speaks to you through those types of things. He sends a person. So all these needs here, all 12 of these things here, Psychologists say, not even Christian psychologists, this is just psychology in general, say that these things right here we all have a need for. Now, many of us didn't get all of these things. In the weeks to come, we're really going to break it down, okay? We're going to talk about how you can make sure that your kids are getting these things. But before we go into that and how you can give it out, some of us in this room got to deal with the fact that we have these missing pieces at age 40, at age 30, at age 21, at age 16. Can I get an amen on that? We got, we, we got to admit that, wow, you know what? My home wasn't perfect. And this is not time where we're going to sit here and look back and blame mom and dad. Because that ain't going to solve anything. Some of us in this room, you're so mad at your dad. You say his name, your face changes. You're so mad at your mom because of this and that. Listen, you've, we've got to deal with that. We've got to because that's not going to do anything for anybody. And it's definitely not going to do anything for you. Is there a reason you should be mad? Absolutely. But when after you're mad, you've got to give that over to the Lord. And now you've got to start dealing with the effects Instead of just being mad at the people, come on, let's give that to Jesus. And now let's say, Jesus, fill these needs in my life that I didn't grow up with, that I didn't get from home. Can I get a good strong amen on that? These are powerful, powerful emotional needs. And I don't care who you are. I don't care how hard you think you are. Come on, fellas. I don't think how tough you think you are. I'm good. I'm good. No, you got needs. You got needs. Be beneath that tough rhino skin exterior, you got needs. I'll say it like this. Beneath that tough exterior, there's a crying little boy inside. He don't let nobody see him cry, but he's in there. Come on, ladies, the same thing. Beyond, beyond that tough exterior, I don't care. I don't give a care. Ain't nobody got hey. There's a crying little girl inside of there. As hard as you want to think you are, as much as you want to try to cover up that pain, it's in there. And it ain't going nowhere until we learn how to get these things met in our own lives. The family is the structure in which God has ordained for these emotional needs to be met in a healthy way. Now, I don't stand up here like, hey, I got it all together. I'm just like the rest of you. I'm dealing with my own issues. My wife's dealing with her own issues. We're, we're trying to serve God. We're trying to do all these things. And in the midst, raise semi, come on, semi-healthy kids. Right? Amen? Isn't that what we're all doing? Come on. I am not ignorant enough to think that I got it all together. Listen, I know my kids have to deal with my issues and my wife's issues. 
And as much as we want to, you know, work on those things, it's going to come out from time to time. There are things that I grew up with that if I don't deal with, they get passed on to my kids. We all need the grace of Jesus Christ to help us in raising children. But first, we got to look in the mirror, mom and dad, and start dealing with our own stuff. We got to start allowing God to fill those gaps. Because the family is the structure in which God has ordained for these emotional needs to be met in a healthy way. So some of us have to go back to our childhood. Some of us have to look at some ways that we were raised. See, when an individual grows up lacking in any of these areas, he will spend all his days searching for the things he missed. And usually, we search for them in places that they can't be found. Somebody trying to get acceptance goes after getting straight A's. Somebody never got a I'm proud of you, son, goes after playing ball. And they play hard. But at the end of the day, everybody's cheering. Everybody says they're awesome. They get the scholarship. They go on to school. They still go to bed never hearing the words of a father say, man, I'm proud of you. Are you tracking with me today? We look for them in things that can't be found. We look, some people are living lives just searching for these things. Some of us in this room, we're chasing things that ain't going to fill these gaps. It's like the 45-year-old mama walking around in a mini skirt and heels. Just look straight ahead. Don't be looking at nobody. You know that one? Let's talk about that one Thea. I like to pick on that one Thea because she probably ain't in church this morning, you know. But you got that one Thea always walking around, mini skirts on, high heels. The season of mini skirts have done passed her by. Come on, it ain't season for that no more. But she's 45, still going to clubs. Still going to clubs, 45. And trying to dress all sexy. You know what that is? That's a 45-year-old woman still trying to chase acceptance, approval. 40, it goes even older than that. Some of you got a theater that's way beyond that. Doing more. But for some of us, listen, some of us, it's a 13-year-old girl dressing like a streetwalker. A 13-year-old girl dressing like she's 22. What is, she, what is she doing? Seeking acceptance and approval. See, God has ordained for us to get these things at home from a healthy mom and dad. Some of us didn't have a healthy mom and dad. But that is where the blood of Jesus comes in. There's young men, boys, trying to conquer others, being bullies, thinking if they're just tough enough, the homies will accept me. That's why we got gangs. You know what gangs are? Gangs are full of kids, young kids out there trying to gain approval, trying to gain acceptance, security, support, respect. Listen, moms and dads, we got to love our kids and give them that kind of stuff at home. Then they won't need it in that gang, in this gang. We got to start loving our, our daughters at home, telling them they're beautiful at home. So we don't have these teenage girls going out getting boyfriends all the time. Teenage girls, you don't need a boyfriend right now. You don't need that. 
The only reason a, a young girl will, would, would go after a lot of times is, 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 is to search for some of these things. Acceptance. Oh, well, he, you know, listen, this will ruin your, if you don't learn how to get these the healthy way, it'll ruin your life. It'll ruin your life. Single people, you will marry somebody based on their ability to give you these. That's why it's easy for single people to get deceived and marry the wrong person. Because they can't give you these. They can't. These things come from God. Because let me tell you something. Once you leave the home, the environment that God created for you to get these things, it's hard to get them anywhere outside of God. If you don't believe me, talk to a psychologist. Talk to a counselor. Talk to people that will tell you when they get to the root of problems, it's the absence of these things right here. That's why many times the issues that we have that we try to struggle with, alcoholism, pornography, and we try to go get our issues, the fruit dealt with, and we try to deal with addictions like it's just this thing, you got to go all the way down to the root, and you'll find it in here. Do you know what the root of pornography is? It's not what most people think. Lust, nasty, cochino, you know what I mean? You just, he's just nasty. No, no, no. See, see you're, you're just looking at things on the, from the fruit side of it, okay? The root of those things, you know what the root of pornography is? It's lack of acceptance. Pornography never rejects a man. I'm just going to let that marinate right there. Because some of you just been thinking, oh, I mean, that's just nastiness. No, there's root problems here. That if you don't learn how to get these things met, you try to get them met in other ways. And some of you have been dealing with pornography for so long, but you're, you're just trying to, oh, I'm, let me just discipline my mind. And you should. Let me just watch this. And you should. But really, the whole thing that drives people to pornography is they get acceptance from it. Pornography never rejects. We got to get these things fixed in our lives. We got to look at these things and go, I need to deal with these things. These things will cause a woman to be promiscuous. She'll give herself her sex with every single boy she likes. Why? She's trying to get approval, acceptance, encouragement, security. Majority of those things many times. Listen, if you can get that fixed in you, you'll solve your promiscuous problem. Fellas, it's not just a less problem. You get some of these things met right here, you won't feel, be feeling that drive to go out there and sleep with a girl. This is deep. You got to catch this today. And that is why this morning I want to introduce you to El Shaddai. The all-sufficient one. The God that is more than enough. Genesis 28.3 says is where we get that word El Shaddai, that description, that name of God. It's may God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful, multiply you, that you may be an assembly of peoples. In the Hebrew, it says there, may El Shaddai bless you, the all-sufficient one. That means that whatever you need, he has. That's the God you serve, the all-sufficient one. Whatever you need, he has. That's the God we serve. You need some acceptance? He's got that. 
Put that list back up there. You need, you need encouragement. You need security. You need approval. You need affection. He's got all those things. You need support. You need comfort. You need respect, attention, appreciation, identity, correction, and structure. He's got all those things. Look no further. You don't need your beer drinking buddies. Throw away your little black book. Like anybody still got one of those. It's the digital age. That means you have to throw away your phone for some of y'all. Delete them numbers. Look no further. He's got everything you need. Everybody say Al Shaddai. The all-sufficient one. That's who he is. I like what Philippians says, verse chapter 4, verse 19. Many of us know this verse and we say this verse, but knowing this verse and experiencing this verse are two different things. It says, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. All means all. That don't just mean finances. That means emotional needs. All 12 of them, baby. He will supply the missing pieces. You didn't have a dad. Well, God has something for that. My mom didn't care for me. Well, God has something for that that you ain't never going to get anywhere else. We got to stop looking. Because my God shall supply all your needs. Are you catching this today? you get this, I feel it's like a a, a valve releasing pressure. Some of our marriages are full of pressure because you got your eyes fixed on what your spouse ain't doing for you because you have not yet learned how to get stuff from God the Father. Put that list back up there. You have not yet learned how to get these things met from him. Now, granted, when you put your eyes on Jesus, God may use your spouse to bring it into your life. But you got to put your eyes on Jesus. You got to put your eyes on Christ. We've got to fix ourselves on the fact that everything I'm lacking, God has in him. It's demonstrated all through the Bible. See, you ain't the only one that's had issues. You ain't the only one that grew up in a jacked up home. You ain't the only. See, we always think it's just me. We get in a room like this and you think you're the worst guy. You think your situation's worse than hers or his or mine. That's just like the enemy to just isolate you. That's why I love the Bible. Because the Bible breaks it down and says, hey, you think you had it bad? Look at King David. King David is the greatest example of overcoming these 12 missing pieces in your life. Take, take yourself back to his time. The, the, the prophet comes to his dad. He says, hey, get all your sons together. God told me one of your sons is king. The father says, cool, calls all his sons except David. You think you, you, think you got some rejection issues? You think nobody loved you? First of all, where was David? David was out tending the sheep. In biblical times, sons did not tend the sheep. You know who tended the sheep? Slaves. And you think you're rejected. So David is living as a slave. 
His father basically is not even claiming him. So much so that when the prophet says, get them all, he doesn't even think of David. He puts David so far away from the house on the regular that he's out of sight and out of mind. Many Bible scholars believe this. David was born out of wedlock to somebody other than Jesse's wife. He was the child of an affair. And so because the dad had to take care of him, he puts him out there as a slave. So David grows up never knowing the love of his father. But the prophet comes by and he sees all the sons. He said, not you, Einstein. Not you, Joe Football. Not you, Mr. Handsome Man. None of these guys are it. You got to have another son. And then the dad with disgust. Okay, I got to expose the secret. I do have another son. Nobody really even knows he's my son. He's out there tending the sheep. Bring him in. So he gets the secret baby, the son that he doesn't want. The son that's a secret. Rejected, no love. Brings him before the prophet. The prophet says, this is him. Now we get excited and we go, yeah, awesome. But put yourself in David's position right now. He's got the responsibility now of leading a nation with a bunch of missing pieces in his life. How is he going to lead a nation when he's never known acceptance, approval, encouragement, security, affection, support, comfort, respect, attention, appreciation, identity, or correction? How's he going to do it? So he goes back out and he tends his sheep back to his, back to his slave job, his slave identity, and he's out there. But God begins a process. What is the process? God begins a process of getting these things into his life. We know the story. Later on, he comes up against Goliath. And he says, okay, Goliath. And he takes Goliath out. And the, and the Bible says that in the streets, the handmaiden, the ladies, come on, the ladies. It's always the ladies, fellas. It's always the ladies. The ladies are in the street and they're screaming, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his 10,000. And I'm sure they put some steps in that too. Come on, they were cheering it. Hey, go David. And they was, you know, they were shaking it and they was all, David, they was doing it. They was praising him. Saul's all upset about it. But what's going on inside of David is he's like, this is cool, but I wish it was my dad that was saying how awesome I am. It doesn't stop there. So the man that's called to spiritually father him, King Saul, is jealous of him, rejects him some more. And he goes through another time of just missing out on all these things. It's a hard life. But God, and you read the story, I don't have time to go into. God begins to tell, uh, uh, God begins to take him through a process of getting these things. And then we find Psalms 23, verse 1 through 3. I want you to read this with me real quick as I close. Most scholars believe David wrote this in his latter days. 
It's the words of an older David. He finally comes to the revelation and the conclusion. And he says this, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What is he talking about wanting? Those 12 things. Put them back up there. I shall not want acceptance. Shall not want for approval. I shall not want for encouragement or security or affection or support or comfort or respect, attention, appreciation, identity or correction and structure. Because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. David finally reached the point in his life where he stopped. He stopped looking for these things. He stopped feeling sorry for himself. He stopped wrestling with the rejection and all the stuff. And he finally comes to the place and he realizes and he writes this powerful psalm. The Lord's my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm done looking for these things. I'm done longing for these things. Then he says in verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. That's what he's doing. Help me on the keys. I want you to get this morning. You don't have to go another day crying about your past. Wondering how you can make it. Because you didn't have a proper father, a proper mother. You didn't have good upbringing. You went through a divorce. Whatever it was that you went through, I pray this morning, what begins to go off in your spirit is that the Lord is my shepherd. I don't need to want anymore. He's the all-sufficient one. He's the Al Shaddai. I like Psalm 68, 4 through 6. It says this. Sing to God, sing praises to his name, extol him who rides on the clouds by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. And David writes here in verse 5, he's a father to the fatherless. See, he was talking about himself right there. He's a defender of widows. Is God in his holy habitation, verse 6. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. See, David, on the other side of this thing, he's like, I get it now. And some of you in this room, you need to get this now. There are things you're lacking. There are things that there are pieces missing in all of us. But if we'll let God begin to fill and find those pieces for us that they can only be found in him, he'll be a father to the fatherless. He'll be the defender of widows or divorcees or whatever it is. He'll be that for you. And he'll take the lonely, the alone, the solitary. And here's what he does. Check this out. He puts you in a family. Oh, but, but I already have a family. Yeah, but that family was the one you couldn't get that stuff from. So what God does is he puts us in another family called the family of God. 
It's called the family of God. And in this family, you best believe all 12 of those things will get met if we stay in the presence of God. But the last line scares me. It scares me. Because if I've seen this line be the deal breaker, some people can't get rid of the rebellious nature. Because he says here, but, he says, I'm going to do all this for you. But the rebellious, they're just going to dwell in a dry land. Just going to dwell in a dry land. And there's some of us in this room, because of the anger, because of the hurt of not having some of those 12 things, it's caused you to be angry, rebellious, keep to yourself. You don't want to hear nobody. You don't want, I don't want no one telling me what to do. I don't even like people and all this kind of stuff. Listen, you've got to deal with that because that rebellious attitude will keep you dry. When the rest of us are enjoying the lushness of the green pastures, the blessing, the advancement, the growth, the rebellious will stay on the outside. We looked at that last week as we talked about the key of humility. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And humility starts with saying, Lord, I need you. Let's all stand on our feet this morning. I want you to just close your eyes right now. We're going to get deeper into this in the weeks to come. I implore you, do not miss these meetings. And this isn't just preacher talk trying to get the house of God filled. Some of you guys, some of you got some real holes in you. And you got to get them fixed because if you don't, they get imparted to your kids. If you don't, they get passed on into your family. If you don't, you'll never shake that addiction. You'll never shake that problem. You'll never shake it because you'll always be inwardly searching, searching, searching. Even when you don't know it, you're searching. Just close your eyes for a moment. His his presence is here, the all-sufficient one. And he doesn't want you going another day lacking, doing without. He wants to meet you today. He wants you to just say, God, I'm done searching. I'm done crying about it. I'm done wishing I had a better dad. I'm done wishing I had a better mom or a better experience. Lord, I'm not going to put anything on them anymore. I'm not going to blame them anymore. This morning, I'm coming to you. And if that's you, I want you to just come to this altar right now. I'm not going to lay hands on anybody, but you just need to take a step out and say, God, I want in on this. I want to meet the fullness of you. Just begin to come forward right now. Hallelujah. Just come forward. It's time. It's time to get those pieces fixed. It's time to find those missing pieces. Come on, ain't no shame. Ain't no shame. Just come on up. There's no shame. This is it. This is the acknowledgement that, God, I want this. Just fill this whole area. It don't matter. I just believe the Spirit of God is just going to meet you right here. You got to deal with this. Singles, some of your, you pick the kind of boyfriends you do because you're lacking some of these things. That's why your mom and dad don't like them. It's not that they don't don't understand. They see the deficiencies. Now, Holy Spirit, 
You see those that are up here right now, Father. I can't fill these missing pieces. Only you can. And this morning, Lord, I introduce them to you as the El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, the God that is more than enough, the God that has what they need. And even though their moms and dads weren't perfect, even though their upbringing wasn't the best, you can do for them what you did for David. And this morning, let them know that, God, you are their shepherd, and they shall no longer want, for you shall give them the acceptance, the security. You shall give them the approval, the encouragement, the affection, the support, the comfort, the respect the attention, appreciation, their identity, and the correction that we all so desperately need. Just labor with me for a moment longer, church. I'm going to let you go in a minute. But God's doing some things. He's doing some things that I can't do. He's touching your heart right now. He's bringing some things up to the surface. Some of you are getting images of what it was like for you growing up. Some of you are getting images right now of things that you always wish you had. God has taken the pain of those images away from you right now. It's not going to hurt anymore. You don't have to wish that you got it anymore. God's going to give it to you. God's going to give it to you. He's going to bring you the things you've so longed to have. He promises it. He takes pleasure in it. And I just declare by the time we're done exploring this topic, those pieces that were missing when you sat down, by the end of this thing, they're going to be filled up. And you're going to be a better mom. You're going to be a better wife. You're going to be a better dad. You're going to be a better son. You're going to be a better man, better woman, better Christian. By coming into contact with El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. Now, Lord, I just pray right now before I dismiss, just pour out your healing balm right now over each and every individual that is up here right now, Father. I just declare healing. The search is over. The search is over. Su rabakate. The spirit of adoption come into this room right now. We evict the orphan spirit, the I don't belong spirit, the I don't fit spirit. We just declare acceptance. From this day forward. Hmm. For I hear the Lord say, you are on a journey, says the Lord. Many of you have been seeking approval in these things from the world. Many of you have sought these things from things that you do and relationships. 
But I hear the Lord say, I am El Shaddai. And I place a marker on this morning in your life. You will never again regret or look back with desires or wishing that you can go back and get things that you missed. For the Lord says, I put inside of you this morning an acceptance and a new hunger and a desire to seek these needs from my spirit, from my word, from me. For I long to be your sufficiency. I long to be your source. I long to be your daddy. You'll never go back again. From this day, you look forward to your promise. From this day, I will begin to replace the missing pieces, says the Lord. Come on, just worship Him. Tell Him you received that this morning. Father, we received that this morning. Oh, We're not going back, Lord. Fix our broken lives, Lord God. Fix our broken lives that keep us from being successful. That keep us from making a difference. Take our lives, Lord. Bring the missing pieces that only can come from you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all receive that this morning? Come on, give God a good praise clap. As I dismiss everybody right now, maybe you need prayer for something. Maybe you're not serving God. Maybe you've, maybe you've been away from the Lord. Listen, I'm going to be up here for a little while. Some of the team will be with me. I want you to come forward if you need prayer for anything. If you need to get right with God, if you just need to turn over and, and say, i got to start again, let us pray for you today. Amen. Guys, have an incredible Sunday with your families. Enjoy it. Next week, we're going to get into some more things about how we provide this for our kids how we provide this for our children. Listen, don't miss it. It's going to be an awesome time. God bless you guys. Go Broncos-ish. It sounds weird saying that because I'm a Raider fan. God bless you guys.